If you have your Bibles tonight, I want to ask you to turn with us to the book of Zechariah, chapter 14 in the book of Zechariah, please. That's next to Malachi, if you have any trouble with that. I like to, uh, to, to, to do that uh, because, you know, it helps unstick the pages in everybody's Bible. But, uh, Brother Robert, um, I asked Tracy, you know, um, about your work in Australia. And I have two of my really uh, dear friends uh, who are missionaries to Australia that are here, and I'd like for you to meet them. It's David and Pam Bennett, and they're right in the back. Raise your hand, David. Let, let every, uh, He's weak tonight. He couldn't lift uh, his hand <laughs> a little. But I, I wish you'd talk with them for a minute uh, uh, afterward. We're, we're happy to have several of our friends here with us, and I want to thank Tracy and Alan for the uh, opportunity to, to be with you this evening, and uh, I, I hope that um, they won't regret asking me to come. If you'll look with me in the book of Zechariah chapter 14, I'd like to kind of give you an exposition of this chapter and with that exposition, I'd like to try to uh, refer you to several passages that would be meaningful um, in relation to this. This is, this is a, a chapter that uh, most um, expositors have a, a little bit of trouble with. And um, it, it is a very deep uh, uh, chapter. If you're not mindful of the things that Tracy has just said, and that is the kingdom of the Lord. So if you'll look with me for a minute, let's read together um, a few of the passages that are here. And Zechariah closes this book. And keep in mind what the prophet's name means it means god remembers and if if you could ever doubt this uh, god remembers the covenants that he has made with his people and will not break them today uh, when you see the sun set and then you see the sun rise again, that's not to give you the time that exists. It's to remind you that God every day is telling you, I'm keeping my covenant with Noah and with Israel and the things that I have promised them. And if you don't believe that or if you've never heard that, just look in Jeremiah chapter 33 
God says there that he has made a covenant with David, and you can't break that covenant. You can preach against it, you can reject it, but you cannot break it. It is valid and will continue to be so. And in that 33rd chapter of uh, Jeremiah, he tells you that if you could break my covenant with day and night, then you can break my covenant with David. But you can't do that. At any rate, look with me as God remembers. And in the first two verses of Zechariah chapter 14, there are some bad days that are forecast. We must expect as kingdom believers not only opposition, but we must expect the fact that this world will continue to grow worse and worse. You cannot plug enough holes in a sinking ship to save it. And, you know, the problem with many of us uh, in the religious world is that uh, we are like the uh, children of Israel in, in the wilderness. And pastors and teachers and uh, Christians uh, uh, have murmured against the Lord and he sent the fiery serpents in and then he provided a remedy through Moses, but what we're doing is we're out trying to kill the snakes. But what we need to do is to look at the remedy. You know, and, and remember that this will continue to get worse. And Zechariah says, Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, and thy spoil shall be divided in the midst of thee. I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle. The city will be taken, the houses rifled, the women ravished, and half the city shall go forth into captivity, and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. So then this is the dark day for Israel, but it will come. This will occur. And one of the reasons for that is because in chapter 12 and chapter 13 of the book of Zechariah, the Lord tells us that Israel will return to the Lord in part. And when they do, the world will turn against them. And the man of sin will uh, be rampant then. And Israel uh, will be under attack. If the world could ever destroy Israel, then the Bible wouldn't be true. So we can expect this to occur. And, um, you know, this might be in line with Miss Thomas, uh, but... She don't know nothing anyway, uh, but at, at any rate, uh, uh, this this will this will happen. Israel will really be under attack, but something great's going to happen. Something most wonderful will occur, and it will be 
the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this begins in verse 3. Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations as when he fought in the day of battle. And his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west. And there shall be a very great valley, and half of the mountain shall remove toward the north and half of it toward the south. This is the revelation of Jesus Christ. This will occur. It's described in the Bible in several different ways. There's an emphasis here that's unique to the Old Testament. And if you look in this fourth verse, you'll see that it does not say that he shall stand. It says his feet shall stand. And the emphasis is on his feet. Why? Because they are beautiful. <laughs> Many people ask me, preacher, do you do you believe in foot washing? And I do. I wash mine and you wash yours. <laughs> but the reason that this is so described in the book of Zechariah is because how beautiful upon the mountain is the feet of him that publisheth the good news of the coming kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is his feet that's emphasized here. In other passages, Daniel describes it as a stone cut out of the mountain that comes to crush the Gentile world powers. In the Revelation, John describes it as one who is riding on a white horse and who comes forth as king of kings. And you know, I've said this several times. People say to me, well, preacher, uh, if the Bible says he's going to come on a white horse, how is he going to touch his feet on the Mount of Olives? He'll get off. <laughs> it don't take a rocket scientist to figure that out. But he has to come back to the Mount of Olives. He has to. And the reason for that is found in Acts chapter 1. The men who talked with the few disciples who were there, when Jesus ascended into the heavens, said, This same Jesus 
will return in like manner to redeem the world and set up his kingdom on this earth. He will come to the Mount of Olives. And I want to try to show you something. I want to try to uh, emphasize in this in this chapter uh, some radical changes that that will occur. You know, if the Lord told Paul, "Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things." which the Lord hath prepared for those that love him. But the Spirit of the Lord revealeth those things in many ways to the believers who will search the Scriptures. And you think about this, and I'll probably say things that, you know, you say, well, the preacher just went way out to tonight. But the millennial reign of the Lord Jesus is an, an unbelievable event in this world. It is a glorious event. It is something that the world cannot imagine. You know... It's amazing how folks will say to me, you know, do you pray for people who ask you, yes, sir? And they say, well, you know, God can't hear everyone's prayer all at the same time. Poor God. Most of you young people, I mean, I don't, but most of you young people have got these little old gadgets and I mean little old gadgets. And I asked my grandson, and he said, I can put 10,000 songs on that little gadget. Poor God. <laughs> Man can do something of that magnitude, but the omnipotent God that we serve can't hear. Of course he can. And let, let me emphasize this to you. This is for those that love him. Did you know that one time when the Lord Jesus was on this earth, that a woman came and she anointed him. And one of the gospels says that she anointed his feet. Why would she do that? Well, that was just easy. No, 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 no. Everything is exact. The Lord meant something. You know. It was this woman that the Lord Jesus told a story about, and he said, Simon, if someone had a huge debt, and someone had a small debt, and the owner just forgave both of them, which one do you think would love him the most? And he recognized the one for whom he had forgiven the most. How much do you love him? 
Well, preacher, I was a pretty good fella. No, you wouldn't. He has prepared this for those who love him. And why would you think that this woman that anointed Jesus in the other Gospels would say this? What this woman has done will be a memorial to her in the whole world where this gospel is preached. He is reminding us that those whom the Lord has forgiven, no matter how significant or important, when the millennial kingdom comes, they'll be involved with the Lord's work. Now, look with me for a minute and let me, um, let me ask you to, to look with me. In Daniel chapter 2, the scriptures tell us here in the 34th and 35th verse that there's going to be this stone that will come from heaven and crush this image that Nebuchadnezzar had seen and grind it to shaft and it'll be blown away and this stone will become a great kingdom. And that's the millennial reign of the Lord Jesus. Now when Jesus was on earth, he went to the Mount of Olives to pray And if you'll look with me in Luke's Gospel, chapter 22, you'll see an interesting little thing. In Luke's Gospel, chapter 22, the 29th verse, he went to the Mount of Olives and his disciples followed him. And he asked them to pray that they wouldn't enter into temptation. And in verse 41, look what it says. He was withdrawn from them, a stone's cast. How far would that be? Well, I don't know. It would depend on the size of the stone. Oh, but it would depend on who threw it. It's a mystery. We don't know when Jesus is coming back. We don't know when he will return. But he will. And he told his disciples, I want you to watch and pray. They went to sleep. What's happening to the Christian world this evening? We're asleep to the truth of the millennial reign of the Lord Jesus. We're sleeping in an hour when we think uh, all is really well numerically, but it's not. We're at the brink of disaster. And in this return of the Lord Jesus... 
The Lord says that he will come in power and great glory. Now, are you ready for a few of the things that will occur when he returns? Look at them in Zechariah 14. Have you um, have you read recently um, about some of the earthquakes that have occurred? They've been really bad. But did you know that the earth is about to experience an earthquake that's greater than any has ever occurred before? And if you look with me in verse 5 of Zechariah 14, Zechariah says, Ye shall flee to the valley of the mountains, for the valley of the mountains shall reach to Azal. And ye shall flee like as ye fled from before the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah. And the Lord my God shall come, and all the saints with thee. Well, have you, have you ever read about that earthquake in the days of King Uzziah? Well, what caused this catastrophe? What was the problem? What was this earthquake? Isaiah says that the earth will just be in a tumultuous condition. It'll be uh, turned upside down. And uh, this earthquake that will occur will change everything. When the Lord comes to rule and reign, geography will change. Atmosphere will change. The heavens will change. Morals will change. Everything will change. Because you see, it will change masters. And the God of this age will be bound for a thousand years. And will no longer be in power. If you'll look with me and hold your hand here, and I want you to turn back to 2 Chronicles chapter 26 to see something. That, that's my opinion. And, you know, this, this is my opinion. And people, um, people say, well, Royce, you know, this is, um, this is just your opinion. Do you not worry that people disagree with you? And I really don't because... I know when we get to heaven that you all see it then like I do now. But um, just, just joking with you. Don't, um, don't get upset. In Second Chronicles 26, we're told about Uzziah. And I'm going to say something here that won't be well received, but... Um, but it's still true. One of the things that was wrong with Uzziah was he wanted the political world to be deeply involved in the religious world. And, um, you know, well, anyway, I won't say that, but um, 
Politicians ain't going to make religion no better. And religion ain't making many politicians better. But, uh, but um, be that as it may. Look with me in Second Chronicles 26, verse 15. Uzziah did something. In verse 15, it says that he made in Jerusalem engines invented by cunning men. Did you know that one of the things that tell us of the return of the Lord are the modern inventions? Oh, but preacher, you know, really. Now, any preacher gets up and tells you that he wants us to go back to the good old days is out of his mind. I mean, I don't want to. The first time I ever preached was in a little country church. All of the windows were open. There were impressionable pews. And I got up to preach and a bug flew into my mouth. And I was ready to quit. Uh, and so I, I don't wanna I don't wanna go back to, to the good old days. But have you ever thought about the inventions? Did Daniel not say that knowledge shall increase? But then when Paul talks in the book of Romans chapter 1, what does he say is one of the final things that leads to uh, all kinds of of difficulties. Man, when he knew God, did want to keep God. And if you are familiar with Romans chapter 1, I'll tell you what it says. They'll be backbiters. They'll be haters of God. They'll be despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things. Sure they are. Oh, but preacher, the computer's the greatest thing that ever come along. Well, you're crazy. It's caused more divorce in some man or woman meeting some pie-in-the-sky man or woman to leave their home and go and be joined together. It's caused more pornography And one of the things that's the worst of all is like I go into my doctor's office and they'll say, well, doctor can't see you today. Our computers are down. (laughs) Inventors of evil things. Sure. So at any rate, this is, this is Zechariah's way of talking about King Uzziah and the things that, that come to pass. Now, let me, let me ask you to look with me in Zechariah 14 at some tremendous things that will occur in the millennial reign of Christ Jesus. 
Let me say this to you to begin with. Being an overcomer, as the book of the Revelation teaches us, is not everything in the Christian life. It's the only thing. It's the only thing. And let me tell you, the millennial reign of the Lord Jesus is going to be so magnificent. Be there. If you miss it, you'll be sorry. You will have missed the finest hour of the believer's life. And if you look with me in Zechariah chapter 14, and let me hurry and go on to verse 6. And it shall come to pass in that day that the light shall not be clear nor dark, but it shall be one day which shall be known to the Lord, not day nor night, but it shall come to pass that evening time it shall be light. (laughs) What kind of day will this be? It'll be a great day. But the same thing occurred when the Lord took Israel out of Egypt. It was dark on one side, light on the other, and so forth. But do you know what's going to happen when the Lord comes back and when He reveals Himself and when He speaks to His people Israel? Something that is scientifically impossible. Look with me. Turn with me in your Bibles back to the book of Isaiah, chapter 30, for a minute. Look in this verse in Isaiah, chapter 30, and look in verse 26. In this verse, the Bible says something that's absolutely impossible. Moreover, the light of the moon shall be as the light of the sun. Now, if you think it's hot now, (laughs) is that possible? Listen, I'm not a scientist. I have no idea how things work. Scientists tell me that if the earth were just moved or tilted, in the very least that all of life, well, that ain't so, But the light of the moon shall be as the light of the sun, and the light of the sun shall be sevenfold as the light of seven days when? In the day that the Lord bindeth up the breach of his people and healeth the stroke of their wound. That's what Zechariah is talking about. He's talking about a day that will be unique. And the Lord will cause all of this to occur. People talk about today, you know, was Jonah alive or 
Was he dead or no man can live in a fish like this? Poor God. (laughs) Did you know man can make a fish? Put a hundred men in it and send it down under the ocean and it'll stay for three months and they all come back alive. But poor God can't do that. The light. But then look with me. Look with me in verse 8 of Zechariah 14. It'll be in that day that living water shall go out from Jerusalem, half toward the former sea and half toward the hinder sea, in summer and in winter. And you know why it says summer and winter? Because there won't be a drought that can dry it up. There won't be a winter that can freeze it. Living water. Ezekiel describes this in chapter 47. And this water will come not from a river, but from the temple of the Lord. It will come out from under the threshold of the temple and will issue forth. And everywhere it goes, there will be life. It'll wind up in a place called Engedi. And that's a place in the Song of Solomon where Solomon said that he loved his bride or he loved his lady. Did you know that this temple, this temple area, uh, where the temple in the millennium will be, and where the Levites will live, and where the prince will live, and where the holy oblations will be, it'll be 50 miles square. Boy, that'll be a church, won't it? 50 miles square. Sure. And these waters will issue forth from there. And then if you'll notice in verse 9 of Zechariah 14, the Lord shall be king over all the earth. In that day shall there be one Lord and his name one. You know, you know, you gentlemen from Nassau, I'm sure that you encounter this often that, oh, you know, we, we all serve the same God. We just call him by a different name. No, you don't. The God of the Bible. But you know that the Lord will change the language. He will give a pure language to all of the world. He'll do something else. He will be the king of the whole earth. Turn in with me in your Bibles to Psalms 72 for a minute. Read this psalm. Look with me. 
Look with me at the 8th verse in Psalm 72. He shall have dominion from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. Do, do you see anything unusual? Now, think about this. Do, do you see the map on the wall in the back? You couldn't say that now because it would be from sea to sea to sea. But the Bible says that he'll have dominion from sea to sea. Well, preacher, how do you explain that? I think he will put the land masses back together again. Great geographical changes. Things that will occur. And if you'll, if you'll look in, in Zechariah 14 and verse 15, you'll see something that will substantiate that in some ways to you. In, in this 15th verse and in, in other verses uh, that we will, will, I'll share them with you in just a minute, but in this 15th verse, he speaks, <clears throat> he speaks about um, the plague of the horse, of the mule, of the camel and of the ass and of all beasts that shall be in these tents as this plague. They'll come to worship and there are no ships that are mentioned. There are no boats there. There are no planes there. And, and you know, by the way, uh, in verse 15, did you know the Lord didn't create the mew? When I first went into the ministry, my boss uh, at this place said, do you think the Lord created everything? Absolutely. I assure you. He said, well, he didn't create the mew. And he didn't. But... Figure that out. <laughs> they'll travel by land. And they'll come to worship the Lord. Did you know that everybody will have to come worship the Lord in Jerusalem? In Jerusalem. The city of truth. Look with me in verse 14 of Zechariah 14. And Judah shall fight at Jerusalem, and the wealth of all the nations round about shall be gathered together, gold, silver, and apparel in great abundance. Did you know that one day in the millennial reign of the Lord that the Gentiles will bring all their gold their silver as offerings and all to the Lord. They're bring, because he said, the silver is mine, the gold is mine, 
and they'll they'll bring it to them. Do you know something that's really funny? And I think the Bible is an amusing book. Turn with me in your Bibles to Isaiah 61 for a minute. 